Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows, life presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life. Welcome to Real Life with Femi Biwai. My guest today is Mrs. Maureen Babawale. Maureen is an educator tutor. She's a singer-songwriter. She's choir director, hospital trust chaplain. She shuttles between three hospitals, a hospice, all in Buckinghamshire. She calls herself an octopus with many tentacles because as a mom, she has learned to multitask. Her name is Maureen Babawale, or just call her Maureen for short. Because her name actually has 20 letters. She's passionate about kingdom work and is a perfectionist in everything she does. Her love for God, her family, and the people around her is evident to all. She runs a food bank from her own shipping container and works with local charities to bring hope to others. She is currently the director of the Basildon Gospel Community Choir in London, Essex. She owns a luxury media photo booths business, a5events.co.uk, and her biggest project to date has been producing and directing the UK Virtual Pentecost 2021. Maury is a great camera operator. She's constantly working on broadcast and production sets at Icon Towers, studios in the United Kingdom. Maureen is also a talented photographer, media consultant, and designer. She has been diagnosed with transverse mellitus, carpal tunnel, fibromyalgia, cancer, partial paralysis, stillbirths, miscarriages, loss. Her house was once set on fire while she and her family were sleeping indoors. Maureen is blessed with three children and she has a passion for children education for her family and her community. It is my pleasure to introduce Mrs. Maureen Babawale to my audience on Real Life with Femi Biwoye and to welcome you to the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It is a privilege. So let's just get straight into it. Please share with my audience, where were you born? What was your early family life like growing up in your family? Um, I was born in a vibrant um, country in Africa, Nigeria. So, and I was, I think, in a state um, now, Ocean State, on was old oil. Yeah, and growing up, it's been great and wonderful. My father was a, a military man, is a major, um, and then he, he used to keep account for Nigerian military. And then my mom is a businesswoman, and she was actually, um, she actually moved from Birmingham here in UK to Nigeria. So yeah, she's a businesswoman, she's great, and she used to do better life for real women back then in days. <laughs> I was Miriam, but I knew that yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and yeah, so it's been great. And um, I come from a polygamous family, um, from both sides actually. So um, growing up wasn't that easy, and but it's been, it, was, it made me who I am today, strong and determined. Thank you. So you were raised in uh, Western Nigeria in Yoruba land. Yeah. What was it like then? And how does your background help you to develop the resilience to cope with all of your health challenges? I think um, it really helped me because um, growing up in, in Yoruba, uh, prayer pray is everything in my house. But that doesn't mean that it makes me a Christian because I come from a Christian home. But I have... Then I then made my own decision to be a Christian. So I pray 
a lot, and I actually believe what the Bible says. And growing up, I, you know, I remember I said I come from a polygamous family, and I'll quickly share something. You know, um, I, there was a time that my mom was not around. She came to the UK, and I was alone with my, in my father's house with my other siblings. And I remember that we wanted to have it, um, lunch, and I was, I was about to take my food, and one of my distant cousin came running and he, he just snatched the plate from my hand. I said, well, why would you do this? I said, your food has been poisoned. You know? And By I, who? He, one of my siblings. He saw them when they were serving the food, but then he didn't say anything. So it was, then he, that, that was why he came running. So, you know, he, since then I, I trust people, but then I just have to look at my back and then I know that God has my back since that day. Okay. So, yeah. We talked about um, some of your health challenges. Um, tell us a bit about that. Um, I actually gone through a lot with the health challenges, um, especially when it comes to the transverse mellitus. And transverse mellitus is when your brain is not communicating with the rest, with the with the rest of your body, your spine. Actually, you know, with in my case, it happened like a back pain, but they were giving me different medications, but it wasn't. So when um, I knew that I had transatmelitis. Well, I, I was paralyzed from home, and I couldn't control anything that was coming out from my body. So, And that was really difficult because I was given poor diagnosis that I wouldn't be able to walk onto. I'll be in wheelchair for five years. But here I am standing here, you know, and it's fine. How many years ago was this? Um, transmelitis was 2018, I think, or 2017. So fairly recent. Fairly recent, fairly recent. I've, I've just been discharge from my neurologist few weeks ago saying because I had a relapse that was my relapse my relapse actually that was why I was paralyzed from my waist down and relapse is very bad that was because the first time I didn't do anything and no one picked it up so when I had the relapse I was fully paralyzed from my breast line downward and nothing was moving and nothing was working so yeah, so it, it it did, and it did put. I prayed. I remember praying, and I said, I said, God, I cannot stay in wheelchair for five years. Mm. I said I have too many things and too many people depending on me in the community. I remember vividly. I, was, I prayed that, but I said it was not a prayer; it was a conversation. Mm. I said so. I said, oh yeah, and I remember my family too. My family was the last pe person people that I mentioned. I said, I have a lot in the community. I have lots of people. And I remember moving my first big toe after I had a steroid treatment. Mm. I had to have a steroid injected in my spine. Mm. And they didn't think that would work because I was the first patient they ever tried it on. Mm. And so it said one in 10 in UK have, so they haven't got any research much done into it. So I was more like a guinea pig. Okay. So you've been working in the um, hospital system. Mm. Um, would you attribute your recoveries from cancer, from transverse mellitus, mm. from um, um, what is the other one, the carpal? Yeah, um, stillbirths. All of those issues. Would, how would you, would you say that God healed you? Would you say it was um, medical science? What exactly do you attribute your ability to rise above all of those challenges, those health challenges. It's my faith to believe. Okay. You know, when, when the Bible says when you pray, you know, we as a Christian, we pray. Yes. And then we say, oh, thinking that God will answer the prayer next week or when you need that thing. Yeah. But meanwhile, the Bible says when you pray and then you believe, mm -hmm. you receive at that time. At that time. Okay. Okay. And God also uses um, the doctor's. It gives them the yeah. wisdom, we wisdom to, to know how what to, to do yeah. and how to get you well. Yeah. Nobody knew what was happening to me until when a doctor um, came in and he said, oh, I know, it's transmelitis. That was after six, seven doctors have been and they had no clue. Wow. So it's good to get the right person and only God can do that. What about your church family? What were they doing all this time? Did you share with people what was going on? When I had transmelitis, um, Pastor Nandia came, which is my pastor's wife. She was at the hospital with me, you know, and yeah. So my church family knew, and then they were praying for me. Yeah. Praying around the clock? 
round, they were praying all the time. I have a particular pastor friend that he always prays. So I'm on his prayer list, number one person every time. So, yeah. Fantastic. In the introduction, we touched briefly on an arson attack on your property and family home. Can you tell my audience what happened? How were you able to escape such a potentially dangerous and disastrous attack? And do you know what the motive was who was involved in it? Um, with the arson attack, I, um, we went out as a family um, to have meal after church, and then we went to bed to sleep, not checking the house or anything. Then we were, were woken by the fire brigade and then people screaming, your house is on fire, you know. Coming out and trying to get my son and everybody out of the house, if it was my husband alone at the house, n nobody would survive. Because I was a heavy sleeper. Yeah, he, he was, I'm sleeper. a light sleeper, okay. so I was able to get everybody out. Yeah. So until then, then the police had their investigation and everything done, and then they said it was my neighbor, um, my neighbor's son, actually, that, that was, in, that was um, responsible for it. The perpetrator. Yeah, and they had his own group also. He had okay. his group with him, and he, was on, he didn't want to give name of the people that, okay. that, that committed the offense. So what did the police do? Um, with the perpetrator once they had been um, identified? Um, it was sent to youth offenders because it was under age at was first. Was juvenile? Yeah. Okay. So it was sent to youth offenders and then when it came of age, I got another letter saying that the case will, the case will be taken to court mm. and then it was sent to prison but then they wanted me to appeal what well, I did not, none of that because I didn't want to, there was nothing that would bring out of it. Mm. So even though it went to prison, it didn't change Was anything. that because of your Christian nature or was that just because you couldn't be bothered or was that because you decided to turn the other cheek like um, like the Bible says? Um, it wasn't because just because I'm a Christian. It was just something that um, I just wanted to see a change in the person himself mm. because going to prison or anything wouldn't bring anything different. There must be a reason why he's doing that and I don't know why. I wanted to know why because for someone to just break in into someone's house and then didn't take anything from my, eventually the, the place that came in through was my business place. They had lots of things they could have taken. Nothing was missing. And they just set they fire just, to it. They just wanted to destroy. Yeah. So there must be a reason and I want to know that reason. So did you forgive, have you forgiven uh, the person? <laughs> It was. A, is it not? It's difficult. I to have. Forgive. I have forgiven the person now, yes. but at first it was difficult, and now we'll be truthful. It was difficult, and I didn't want to forgive. I didn't want to have anything to do with the family, and my I said otherwise because I was hungry. Okay. And when did you actually um, change your mind? Um, when God was dealing with me, and as I was praying and. When we're doing family prayer, God said to me, I said to my husband, there must be a reason why we're in this area, and I don't know why. But now I know why I'm in the area where I'm living. Okay. Because then it shows that I had to forgive this person because what they've done was really evil. Mm. And how do you forgive someone that tried to kill you? Okay. So you're now... Out, the person is out, and yeah. everything is fine in the in the community. Um, and um, you you've been a chaplain for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did you get into chaplaincy? What what, what attracts a Yoruba um, lady from? Is it Ibadan? Mm, Akpomu. <laughs> from Akpomu. I've never heard the name of that town. But a Yoruba lady from Akwomu <laughs> into um, the chaplaincy in the UK. And I started by, um, not because I did, I had my theological background um, from a robot or anything, not because of that, because it is the last thing I want to be a minister or anything is the last thing on my mind because I said I'm not qualified for those roles. But every other thing in my life has directed me. Even my experiences, the losses, the miscarriages, the stillbirths, you know, everything. My life experiences helped me to be able to speak to majority of people. You've had a very tough, I've tough had, life. Yeah, because if I don't, I won't be able to speak to someone that is depressed. Mm. A Christian... 
Have denying you ever been that you're depressed yourself. Yes. Okay. What was that like? It's you just you just feel as if you're the only person. But with me, and you're not, and it's just a lie of the enemy telling you that you're by yourself, you know. And then you'll be, but you need to be in that position to be able to speak to somebody else. Mm. If you have not experienced it, you can't teach it. Mm. So you need to experience it to teach it. So if somebody that has um, stillbirth and their baby died, and I went to the hospital, I was with, she said, I said, oh, my name is, and she said, oh, you won't understand what I'm going to. I said, try me. And then she said, oh, she, she was pregnant and the baby had died and she had to wait. And then I said, oh, I can give you that. And I told her about my story. She said, you know what, Maureen, if that's what you went through and you're still standing, I want what you have. And that was in the hospital. And it gave me opportunity to speak to her about my fate. And did she become a Christian? Oh, she didn't. But you know what? I'll tell you the glory of the story. Now, her mom went to Facebook. Mm. She typed in the Facebook, buzzing something in a selling. They said, my daughter is going through whatever, and they've, um, she has sepsis, and they've taken her to um, hospital in London. She met a chaplain at the hospital in Basildon, and Dada, she said, I wish I could look at And I was reading it. So I messaged her private. I said, you're welcome. She went on Facebook. She was just writing everywhere. And they started tagging me like, this is the person. I, I didn't, it's just my passion. When I'm talking about chaplaincy, it is my passion. It's just, you know, you can look after someone medically, mm. but it's spirituality of healing, yeah. it's important. Okay. When you talk to people who are coming to the end of their lives, what is the most important theme in people's minds? Um, where they're going and as when they're dying, where they're going, where, would it, where, where are they going? And what, who is Do most there? people tend to believe that there's life after death? They do. They believe there's life after death, and non-Christian believe they're just going to live another life, which is the same thing. Like reincarnate? Yeah, like yeah, that. Um, they're coming back as a stone or something. Or if you do very well, you come back as a um, mystical being. What is wrong with that sort of um, assumption? Um, the thing is, there is nothing wrong with it in their side of thinking because that's what they believe in. If I'm but what talking... is fundamentally wrong with it? Because um, if you are given the option to acquire a car, can you really utilize a car that has no wheels, no seats, no. no windscreen, no roof, no bonnet, no engine, mm. all at the same time. Yeah, those things are missing. Mm. Is there a choice between what a car must consist of or what we believe a car must consist of? Can you drive a car without an engine? You physically can you call it a car if it has no engine, no roof, no wheels, no seats, no dashboard? Is that a car? No, you can't call it a car, but it depends on how you're seeing it. Some people will say it's a car, it doesn't matter what it looks like, it is a car, you know. And then I might come and say it is not a car because it's not as a chaplain. As a chaplain, what should people know? about the afterlife as a chaplain if it is outside well no no as a chaplain from your heart your conviction <laughs> your conviction as a chaplain we're, we're talking to we're talking to a community generally who are listening <laughs> some of them will be quite spiritual so as a chaplain with a faith yeah yeah let's talk about your faith okay so if we're talking about my faith i would say you need to believe and you need to know where you're going what the bible says what does the bible say the bible you know as the Bible put it to us, yes. that our life here, that we're living here, yes. it's nothing. Okay. Our everlasting life that we're living with Christ, okay. when Christ comes, yes. that's the most important, eternity. Well, people don't believe John fourteen six, which says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. People do believe that. 
They do believe it. Okay. When so they're dying. When they're dying. When they're they dying. They do believe it. They do believe it when they're dying. But they don't believe it when they're rocking. Before, rocking yeah. and no, rolling. no, no. They don't. People believe it because then you will see non Christian quoting that to you. So they do read the Bible. They do read the Bible. Okay. Moving on very swiftly. <laughs> Tell my audience about your shipping container. Where do you keep it? You must have some interesting recollection of your experience with people that you've helped. Would you like to share a, a few of those challenging or funny experiences? Um, about the shipping container, I only got it because when my the Asna um, attack, so um, yeah, so I got that. And so then, after this set fire to your house, yeah, so I got the because that won't get burnt, so I got a. A better one. And you didn't leave it. in the container, though. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. Okay. So, but it's at the back of my house in the garden. Okay. So it's massive and big. And even when the police came one time, they said, "How did you get this in?" Because somebody called the police and said they're looking for a bicycle and it's inside my container. And 12 a.m. in the morning, we heard a knock on our door. The police said they're looking for a bicycle and it's in no a bike and it's in there. So we open it and then we heard on the radio say. Oh, there's nothing here. It's just food, <laughs> you know. So yeah. So the with the container thing, we I do um food bank and people request online, yeah. and then they come and pick it up. I send them my address and they pick it up. You actually allow people to come to your house. Yeah, to yeah, pick yeah. Up, so. During the lockdown, we we the face mask and thing. What happened is people request it, and then they um when they, I give them time slot to pick up, so I put it in the basket and I put it outside. Yeah. my garden and so they come you, they come and pick it up and then I put it for them Tesco sometimes Tesco I have Tesco's things very tall you know Tesco delivers you're deliver. a saint yeah <laughs> and on that very happy note we're going to go to a short break and when we come back we will get more into um, your community gospel choir and your other talents you've been listening to Real Life with Femi Ibiwoye on TBS Now Radio Whatever you do, please, please don't touch that dial. Keep listening. We'll be right back after this break.
Welcome back to Real Life with Femi Bio. My guest today is Mrs. Maureen Babawale. She is a chaplain, so we, we, it's all right to call her um, pastor or reverend. Um, she created a community gospel choir from the scratch. Please tell my audience about your journey and how you've kept this group together for more than eight years. Where were you built to perform this year? And how has um, COVID-19 affected the ministry? Um, I started the choir um, way back in 2014, February. So yeah, about eight going nine. And then, and then um, we, we've grown. I started with about 30 members. And then we grew, and then some people drop off along the way. It's been challenging. Um, I wanted, I was the only black person when I started the choir of about 30. I wanted a diversity in the group and I'm praying for diversity, which I later regretted. I didn't want the black person anymore because the, when the black person joined the choir, actually just um, caused a lot of problem. Was it because and, the person was black that they caused the problem or was it because the person was just a difficult person? I think it was just their character their and character. having their a different agenda when they were joining. Okay, so if choir. I came to join your choir, yeah. I am black, Yeah. I'm proud, Yeah. would there be a problem? No, there won't be a problem. Okay, so, think, so the choir is accepting? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic. I accepted everyone. But this particular ever. individual yeah. was a difficult it was person? A, yeah, it was a difficult person. Okay. Disruptive, so, maybe? Yeah, a disruptive member. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. So, COVID-19, how has it affected the choir? Um, with COVID-19, we actually, as a member, um, we lost two members of our choir to COVID. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And we are uh, Michelle and Susan. And mm. both of them, um, Michelle is in about 40, 41, 42. Mm. And um, Susan is about 50, 50, early 50s, mm. you know. And um, Susan actually had um, multiple cancers. She had, oh. she had brain cancer, liver cancer, kidney cancer. And then she was a bit okay-ish in a way, you know, just to make her feel comfortable uh, as a chaplain and also as a as a leader, was there with her. Went to the care home when she was transferred to the care home in Pitsy, and she Is was that fine. hospice. Hospice, and then it was then when she caught um, COVID nineteen while there. Oh, yeah. So we we felt COVID nineteen as a group family, mm. especially the most, and we didn't start the choir early. Um, back just because of that. Mm. So and then we had a memory service for them, but we did do something this Christmas. Because mm. um, they would have wanted to be part of the yeah. event anyway. So, yeah, we did. So, it's affected us and we're building on, upon that. Okay. Our condolences to uh, Susan and Michelle's families. We pray that God will comfort them and, um, and strengthen them in the days, uh, the months, and the years ahead. Amen. Amen. Where else um, is your choir expected to um, perform this year? And are you still looking for more members we're still looking for more members we take members every every week people come but the thing is choir is a commitment mm. so it's it's you have to commit to it mm -hmm. so if you want to be happy if you're happy doing something you still have to commit to it yeah. so you can't just say with your mouth you have to actually act on it okay. so most of the commitment is what people don't like to deal with so if it's cold and dark ooh, they don't want to come out to sing or okay. me singing makes you meet and um, how happy. often do you meet we meet every week every thursdays um 7 to 9 p.m every okay. week and we do go how to sing or interviews we sing um event like um lost in his presence um worship time event worship that, time. yeah worship time event uh, with them we go there and then we do some events in icon towers and we go to tesco we go to bbc radio in is it chanceford or wherever they are now forgotten yeah, yeah so we do move around and then town center and then um Bazardin, um town sound new town sound we do go there so we do a few things with the community and charities also so yeah okay fantastic Let's move on to your media and photography talents. Please tell my audience about your mentors. In what way have you been able to discover, develop, and deploy your talents in photography and video production 
from your mentoring relationships? Yeah, um, the, thank you for that question. Um, number one thing is, like my personality, is you give me something and I run with it. So it was really good to work with my pastor. So it's not every day you get to work with your pastor. So I'm really glad that my pastor my, is my boss. So, and he's really mentored me. He gives me things to do. He pushed me into my uncomfort zone. Let's okay, say so, very, so very. So, not which is you outside your outside comfort it. zone. Yeah, you know. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. That. It pushes okay. me into there, and then I always come out, you know, and I take a rise to the challenge, and he, he always does that, and then yeah, and so that has given me, you know, that ability to be able to stand, you know, resilient in whatever I do, and he, from there, I've been able to design and I did attend Icon Towers um, Film Academy which twice which did help me with camera settings and things and then the rest is history that I move on with things and show me things once you don't have to show me again. Is it is he very exacting? Does he have very high standards? He has high standard and whatever is worth doing is worth doing well so if he catches me doing like a, okay I want to do an interview and then he sees me not giving a lapel mic he was like ah you know <laughs> so yeah, i'm always conscious so he's always yeah he's he, when he says something is good that's something is really good so when i design things i take it to him and say you know can you check this design is he okay and so yeah it's good you know check look at what other people are doing see how you can make it better and then the first time he, i designed something he saw it he was did you do this i say he said oh wow we should have used it I went, ah i won a lottery you know and yeah so he's really, his words are really good and he's of high standards. And I've copied that. And my son, behind the scene, um, sometimes I was, one day I was talking, I think I was talking, he said, oh God, you're beginning to sound like Pastor Fred. <laughs> so yeah, I think, yeah, your, your, you know, your mentorship, your mentors rub off, rub off on you yeah. when you're doing things. Yeah, so I've used that in everything, my business also and my designing. So that, that is opened way for me. You know, it gave me opportunity to run um, um, Pentecost, um, virtual Pentecost 2021. It was not around. He, he actually gave me that opportunity to run in. And I said, not in a million years I'll be able to run a big event like that. It was massive. Pastor Jonathan, uh, Noah uh, Robinson, everybody in the house, you know? And I was like, ah! And I remember this, uh, when we finished the event, during the event, just before we start, everything on the table production fell off on the floor. Wow. Just as soon as we kicked life, everything, the TV, the everything just went, went off. And then we just continued. And when we finished the program, even during the program, programs were changing. The people that were coming on for interview were not on, on time according to the schedule. And then I had to put something else in. And Norobis, Mr. Norobis came to me. When we finished, he came and said, young lady, I have run interviews, I have run shows, I have run programs all over the country in the world. I even big stadium and I've got a, a team of six to seven to running this for me. He said, but you, you kept your calm and cool. He said, nothing faced you off and you did not move. Oh my God. He said, and I have a team. You didn't, you had only had two, three people and then you remained calm. Bravo. And that was it. Well, that was wow. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. <laughs> so your um, luxury media photo booths business, a5events.co.uk. This sounds like a fun business. Yeah. With many practical uses across a whole spectrum of events, private and corporate. Now, please, please put on your <laughs> selling hat now and tell my audience why they should book your service for their next event. So the photo booth, if you're doing, um, let's say for an event, just a party or wedding, you should. And reason is, it's different from your traditional photo booth. Mm -hmm. So you have traditional photo booth or whatever people are, this is different, it's almost seven foot tall mm -hmm. and it's crystal clear and even it has games on it, it has different pictures, you, you, motion, moving pictures, whatever you can think, anything you want, 
it does. And if you're a business person and you're trying to promote your uh, promote your product in a in a busy place or a church, it stands like a billboard. You can put it there and your video and your product is showing over and over. You can leave it. It's just that when you go to Lakeside, like shopping mall, you see the billboard there running video. That's just the way the photo booth looks like. Wow. So get your event talking and book at A5 Photo Booths, A5 Events, Docker.tk. Fantastic. You're currently um, a mentor to yeah. some people. What are the most difficult challenges that you have faced up to date? How did you beat the odds? And how are you mentoring people to follow in your footsteps? Um, I have got a few people that I'm mentoring at the moment. And I, I have a few people that I'm mentoring at the moment. And I have um, this particular person. You, you, when you're mentoring people, you face challenges. You know, um, is everything. You know, you don't know what is with that pe person's life. You know what they're going through. But I mentor them, whether it's physically or psychologically, and when, whether it's training or business-wise. I help them. So okay, you can do this. You can have this business. You can have these ideas. How do you birth these ideas that you've got? Okay, let's write it out. So I do that with them. And the challenges is that sometimes I'm at home, and then or I'm speaking to the person, and you, I can hear a voice clearly in my head. Or not even in my head speaking, okay, you know how to do this. Okay, like spiritual attack, basically. Mm. That's what it is. You know, same thing has happened to me once in the hospital where a patient asked me to pray for them. Mm. And as I was about to stretch my hand, and it was clearly, and the voice said, you know how to pray. Then go ahead, collect the hand and pray. Mm. And, and I was shivering, and the other chaplain that was, we said, what's wrong, Maureen? I didn't know. I was just stood there. And then I turned, I said, give me one minute. I turned away and I fired and I was praying and speaking in tongues. And I said, I said, from now on, anytime I'm in any ward or I'm in the hospital, you keep your business. When I'm here, I am the boss. Amen. And that was it. I said, you, I, I bind, I was praying, I was praying. After I, I, after I spoke on, I said, <laughs> never, how dare you, you speak when I'm here. When I've gone home, you can run your thing, but when I am here, I am the boss. I turned back, held the hand, prayed. Good. So the same thing happened when I'm mentoring people also. And I have to be careful and be discerning who I mentor so that I don't waste my time. My time is very important. So when I'm mentoring, I look at my time, pray for them, discern and help and move them forward. Who's your biggest supporter? Um, my husband. Okay. You can and give a my, shout out. My husband, hello, thank you very much. Um, Pastor Fred, um, Pastor Raji, and Sister Kay, and you know, uh, so, the Williams okay, family. Okay, stop. <laughs> now, Pastor Fred, yeah. why, is, why are you giving him a shout out? He's my mentor. Pastor Raji, why are you giving him a, a shout out? Freya. Okay, so, so, so give them the shout out and then say why. <laughs> because the audience is listening. They don't know this. So Pastor, don't Fred, know pastor Fred is my pastor and I get to work with him. He's, he trained me, you know. And so, yeah, I'm giving a shout out for that, for being the pusher. Of it, and then your motivator, yeah, your sponsor, yeah, your advocate, yeah, your and <laughs> yeah. And I remember somebody once asked him that he wanted to do like a maybe I don't know maybe a graphic something, and he said, "Oh, speak to Maureen. you know." So yeah, good one. And then Pastor Raji, he prays for me a lot when I wanted to stay. When I started, um, started out in chaplaincy, I needed to register. Yeah, I would say this. I need to. You need to. I'm, I'm part of UK Board of Chaplaincy. Okay. You know, I became registered last year. I was accepted. And then... Congratulations. Thank you. And then I, need, I needed that. And I needed to register. And then there was a fee I needed to pay for another body that I needed to register with. And Pastor, you know, I'll take over it. Glory. And, and he started, Hallelujah. he did a direct debit and he was paying. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. yeah. So, I need to be praying. So, I have a so many people. Helper. You know what? Without it, I won't be able to work at the hospital. That's the thing. If you need to be on that. Okay. We're going to go to another break, and when we come back, um, we're going to now talk about your bucket list. We're going to talk about your mom and um, talk about the lessons that you learned from her. You're listening to Real Life with Femi Biwoy on the TBS Now Radio.
My guest today is Maureen Babawale, and she has been a tremendous delight and a blessing to us. Whatever you do, please stay with us. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this short break. Femi Bioy on TBS Now Radio. My guest today is Sister Maureen Babawale. She has been a tremendous blessing. Listening to her stories, listening to her experiences has been nothing short of dynamic and inspirational. Sister Maureen, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Your mom was a big part of your life. What are the most important things you remember her teaching you? As a mother, how much of her values have you taught your own children and how do you balance your busy work life with your family obligations to your husband and children there are a lot of lots of questions there uh, yeah let's talk about your mom first well what can i say about my mom my mom tell us her name first her, her name is eki nadise margaret you know she's from benin so ends for the eki 
you know, and a name fits the personality, you know, strong woman of God. She, she, she's a business oriented person, mm -hmm. you know, she's always on the move mm -hmm. and she never gives up. So, and she always have this thing that when something is not working, just go there. There's no need to dwell on your past or presence or whatever. Just, you just need to keep going. Mm. So, and I had the opportunity um, before she died um, to speak to her about her life experiences when she was growing up. Mm. You know, she used to be a tomboy, you know. So she, she had a lot to teach me. And from some of the things she taught me, I have also given a shared with my children also, which means... God is able to do everything okay. when you ask according to him. Okay, so your mom was a big part of your life. Yeah. What are the most important things you remember her teaching you? Yeah, the, the, that's what I just said. The important thing, she, she always repeated every day, every now and then, whether it's not moving or walking or nothing is working, is God is able to do everything. Okay. Apart from God is able to do everything, yeah. when she opened up her heart to you, and um, started to speak to you from the heart. What were the lessons that she specifically said, my daughter, come, listen, we really need to have a little talk with Jesus. We really need to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. I want to tell you about life. I want to tell you the meaning of life. I want to tell you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things. If you could share with us, what are the two most important lessons, life lessons that she taught you about relationships and marriage, about bringing up your own children, and about managing your emotions? Yeah, um, with my mom. So three things. Yeah. So Relationships, children, emotions, or handling yourself. So, you know... There were some of the values that she taught me when I sat down with her, some of the values when I sat down with her is how to love, you know. Marriage is, your love only, is not the only thing that keeps you in the marriage. So your love is not enough. enough. Yeah, it's not okay. enough. I love you is not enough. Your relationship with that person, you know, your friendship with that person is what also keeps you in that marriage. Mm. So if that is not there, then if it's just love, then it's going to be a bit shaky. And also respect you know, it's two ways stream, you know, so you respect someone and the person respects you, your husband respects you, you respect your husband. And that's the way it works. So it's not just because you want something and then you're nice to that person. Then when you've gotten it and then that's it. So you respect each other. So you don't abuse yourself. You don't have, yeah. And then also you respect yourself as a person, mm. you know, you know yourself what, that's what it is. You know, even if the situation is telling you you, you, you don't want it or the person is telling you that you, you're not worth the thing, but you have to tell yourself that you want it. Have a good self-esteem. Good self-esteem. Mm. And then also we, in terms of um, my children, planning myself, you know, she was able to juggle so many things together and still also balance mm. everything. So it's more of like planning. Mm. you know plan yourself i'm a list person i copy that from her so i list what i want to do mm. so i get a paper even if i want to do something i list okay number one pay my bills number two call this person number three send emails design logo for this person i list my things so good itemized good planning mm. is very and i use that at work to today okay how do you balance your busy work life with your family obligations to your husband and children that's very funny because I don't. I don't know how. People ask me that same question. How do you do with the choir? I'm facing my choir Your members. Your husband must be very patient. <laughs> patient <laughs> so I don't. Saint. See, my husband is the only thing you can be blessed with that will make things easy for you. He's the babysitter when I had to go. I've been at home where I'm, trying, I'm about to eat my dinner and I had a phone call. Somebody committed suicide. I left my food, ran. You know, so he's been, he's always been there for me. So when the person commits suicide, you have to go in there as a chaplain. 
Yeah. Um, to when they are taking the body as down a, or um, this person hasn't committed the suicide oh, yet. They're wanting to wanting okay. to commit okay. the suicide. Right. You know, wanting to commit the suicide. I I then because the person was speaking to me because I remember I said I'm also a community chaplain. Hmm. So sometimes I get referrals from the council. Yes. For to speak to people. So she was about to. So I had to leave to go meet the person. So juggling things with the family, I don't know, but God has always been able to help me. And your husband is very understanding. Very, very extremely. I don't even know if extremely is any, but another word more than extremely. And supportive. Very. very Give very. him a shout out. Hey, Miss T. Love you. <laughs> Let's imagine that you could dial back your age to 17, 18 years old. You are at that age now. What choices would you be making in the age of artificial intelligence, AI, big data, the world shrinking into a global village, environmental consciousness? How would you help to save the planet? Okay. I love this question. Could I um, take it like backward? Like um, I'll just, you know, when you say how... How would you save our planet? Yeah. I'll start with that one. Okay. So yeah. the, the last one. So how would, I'm thinking, you know, this is something that I've been thinking of doing, mm. you know, like a project to have uh, recycled things. Okay. So, so instead of you buying clothes, you come to the place, you exchange clothes. Okay. But what then is black people don't like doing that. You okay. tell a black person, go to a charity shop, they're like, eh. You know, what about mites and, and um, lice? And no, they're clean, they're clean. You know, it's been washed and steam. Okay, so it's not that you will arrive no. with your clothes, no, 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 clean, no, 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 clean and steamed. You know, there's something that I, I even wanted to start with a church a long time ago where you said I wanted to start where you have like a baby bank, you know, instead of having Sorry, just a, a baby, baby bank. Oh, baby bank, baby bank, yeah. What, what is that? Okay, so baby the bank, place where you can. Dump baby bank baby is a night. No, <laughs> no, it's not for baby joking, bank. So you know, if baby bank was an, um, an initiative that I came up with. Like, okay, let's have a baby bank. So we have food bank. We have different things. Oh, so right. we have a baby baby bank where um, clothes and items for babies are for recycled. Babies. Okay. You know, are recycled, and you can come and pick. And I do that already, but I do it for my container. Mm -hmm. So I get baby baby things, and then people ask for it, and I, I give them. All I always do this is on Facebook. Okay. people that need help or anything so they request a message and address to pick up so th that's one of the things that we're able to to do to help the planet instead of just buying buying buying, buying. and children grow to so fast okay so you, do you have that. an electric car no are you going to upgrade to an um, electric car yeah okay what about your house um have you um, solar is it solar? No. You got solar in there? Not yet. Okay. So, Not yet. And your and your shipping container. <laughs> that's that's a good place it's to a put good, plenty yeah, of uh, yeah, solar panels. Yeah, yeah. So not yet. So those are things that I'll probably be looking into. But for the AI thing, yeah. I just thought about it. I would like to have like a you know they're doing robot body now. Yeah. Where you put your brain inside another robot, and then, and then the robot. Have you, I don't know if you've watched the movie where the robots go to work and then you stay at home. You've not seen really? it. Yeah. That's where we're going. You do you okay. do know that though. Well, these things are I'm learning all the time. <laughs> I've always said to people that interviewing remarkable dynamic people like you is a little bit like doing a mini MBA. Because mm. I meet people, they challenge my thinking. I learn a lot. And the audience too are learning mm. as we go along. Right. Okay. So do you have a bucket list? Mm. I think we had that discussion before, but um, I said no. But however, I can count this as my bucket list to produce, if not produce, to write um, a book. Mm. Um, not about myself, mm -hmm. but about my mom. About your mom? Yeah. yeah. Because before she passed on, we sat down for a few days, mm -hmm. like four days-ish, um, to tell me about her life history. Mm. And from my childhood to marriages, problem, moving back from UK to Nigeria, um, married, marrying outside a tribe. Mm. 
and then isolation in the process. Intertribal marriages. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to put that. So that's a bucket list. Actually. Give us a snippet about interracial, intertribal marriage. Um, she, Is it, did she recommend it? Did she give it a thumbs down? No, she's okay with it, but she faced it. Um, she married um, from Yoruba tribe, mm -hmm. and they don't marry from Yoruba tribe, from her tribe. So they, a parent would prefer her marrying someone from her tribe. Okay, and so but she she's, didn't. Uh, she's a doe. She's a doe. She'll be Benin. And, and the, the other side, your, is Yoruba. your father's side is Yoruba. Yeah, both her marriages are Yoruba. Okay, so what... Um, what is what is the difference in culture between Edo and Yoruba? Um, personality wise, is different, hmm. and then They're still talking about your bucket list. But this is yeah. this is a teaser yeah. to buy the book. So, yeah, so, so make it punchy. It's they're very down to hurt, Benin. Yeah, and Yoruba people are not. They're very cunning. Crafty. <laughs> okay. So that's if, a big generalization. Because no, I'm because sure not if, all of them are like maybe that. not because if a Bini person sees somebody with one eye and they want to describe the person, they said, "Oh, the man with one eye is calling you." Mm. But when a Yoruba person sees somebody with one eye, they said, um, "That man was maybe you know, he's like he doesn't have it. I don't know if he sees very well." They try not to like say, but in their mind they are saying it. Yeah, they obfuscate. Is it? Yeah, they make things unclear in their... They try to kind of soften the focus. They're not even softening, it's just they're being deceived. Okay, deceptive. Deceptive, crafty. yeah. Crafty. Yes, crafty. That's wow! Joking. Yoruba people, are you listening, my Yoruba oh, people? Oh, sorry! And <laughs> she's a Yoruba person, too. <laughs> or did they... The Edo will say Yoruba. Yoruba. Yoruba people. Okay. We're now wrapping up the interview. Are you confident of meeting your master, your king and your redeemer at any time? And if anybody is listening right now, what do they need to know about living in a state of preparedness for the second coming of our savior? I would say um, with um, thinking about the, the end time or thinking about when I'm going to meet my maker, is always um, have this effect on me to be empty, to die empty, make sure that I'm, I don't have any ideas in my head when I die, or I don't have somebody that I need to help. Because you have an idea that you need to birth. Mm. Maybe that's for another life. Mm. You know, maybe you're meant to create a platform mm. for someone else to grow on. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have that and I don't do it, mm. You know, I always say that, I said I'm a platform creator. Mm -hmm. I give you the opportunity. I don't have to be, always be in front. I'm a back person. I'm always behind the scene. Nobody Minister sees me. Nobody, nobody knows me. You are in the prime spot today. Nobody is always behind the camera. We'll be doing something behind and, you know, no. So with, with, with anybody listening, I would say be the best you can be today. Okay. and beyond okay. and just do what you're able to do and then don't die with regrets you this know. is coming from a chaplain yeah this is coming from a chaplain so please please wherever you're listening take that seriously the bible says in uh john chapter 3 verse 16 god loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and jesus made it absolutely clear so that we cannot we don't need to be confused mm. when he said i am the way mm. the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so as we wrap up this interview we'd like to thank um pastor reverend <laughs> sister maureen <laughs> for the time that you have uh, spent on the program today for sharing your heart and sharing your life. Pray God's blessings upon you continuously. Amen. For our audience out there, we hope that this has inspired you tremendously. Until the next time we come your way again, this is Femi Biwoye on Real Life on TBS Now Radio. Signing out. Thank you for listening. <music>
Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows, life presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life.